welcome to the Dynasty Strategy Hub. I'm your host, Andrew Ferraro, here with my co-host, Dave Sanders. Now the Super Bowl's over, we figured we'd take a slight break from our interviews and kind of hit some of the big topics. Uh, this really is the start of a new Dynasty season. It's not much of an offseason, so this is some big topics we figured you guys want to hear about uh, before we get back to some great interviews. If there are some people you want to hear from, let us know. We'll make sure we see we can't get them on the pod. Dave, let's kind of hit just briefly kind of our background so people know a little bit more about us. Yeah, so I've been playing fantasy for about 21 years now, which seems really hard to believe. I uh, started out with redraft. Obviously, that's the most popular format, and especially back in you know, the early 2000s, that was what was most readily available uh, through sites like Yahoo and then ESPN built out their offering. Enjoyed that, still do it to this day, uh, but I'd say scouting and player evaluation are really important to me. Definitely the NFL draft, NBA draft, are my favorite days of the year, so this kind of brings that element to it where I can do, I don't have to do the film grinding myself, but there's tons of scouting reports out there, tons of projections. I can look at all that, see what, you know, skills I like for a running back or receiver to have in fantasy, translate those to my rankings and can kind of build my own team and use my, you know, amateur scouting mind to build out kind of a fantasy team. So that's kind of where my background came from. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm probably, I gotta say 20 years at this point. Um, I probably have to go all the way back on ESPN to figure out, or, or Yahoo, I'll really figure out when it exactly started. But, you know, just like you, Redraft didn't even know what Dynasty was. For me, uh, Dynasty fantasy sports really kind of took off a little bit more with Major League Baseball um, and having minor league players. Growing up near a minor league stadium, you know, you go to a, a single-A game and see guys like Carlos Beltran, uh, Milton Bradley, uh, I want to call him Coco Crisp, but I don't think it's his actual last name. It's how far I can't quite always remember. But really kind of see those guys, and you see them go be pros, and it was always pretty cool. Uh, when it comes to football, uh, you know, went from just straight redrafts, get half decent at that, thinking, okay, what's the next step to a keeper league? Um, made some good moves there, taking Jimmy Cram right when he blew up. Um, now we've kind of moved to Dynasty, then regular Dynasty get, got a little boring. So I'm really kind of into now in the contracts doing contract leagues like RSO. If you haven't checked that out, you really should. And now the kind of the Debbie aspect. What I really like is it just kind of makes Saturdays more interesting for me. Um, it's a reason for me to turn on ESPN goal line, watch a little bit more uh, where I just may not before. I may just kind of ignore some of those. Those games I don't really care about unless it's, you know, a, a game that I'm interested in. So that's kind of really where my, my interest take off. really started with baseball. It was really cool to know all these minor league guys. You go to games, you're like, oh, that guy's projected to be the next so-and-so. And that's just kind of where I've come. So, Dave, why, why is Dynasty appealing to you over, say, traditional redraft? I think a common theme of what we both said is it kind of ties back to our interests. So, you know, beyond just being interested in the sport, having, you know, Saturdays be more important um, and definitely having, you know, putting more thought into it than just a redraft where you're focused on those 16 games or I guess those 13 regular season weeks in the playoffs. You're really focused on are these players good long-term and if they are good long-term – you're going to build a pretty good squad and you're going to reap the benefits for years to come. So it's more of a long-term view where there's less um, variance, I would say. Yeah. For me, I think there's less luck involved in a dynasty. Um, obviously you can hit a few guys late and it works out, but in straight redrafts, um, because I mean, we still have a couple of those leagues. Um, uh, you and I both are insanely with our wives and stuff like that. So there's, there's still some, some luck that gets involved. You got to miss the injuries and, and make a couple of good picks to start up. But for me, the dynasty is like, okay, hey, you really kind of get evaluated as how much do I want to trade for a guy like Todd Gurley at this point? Knees are a little banged up. 
just get a little older. Oh man, how long do I hang on to? Well, at this point, you probably hang on to Larry Fitz until he retires, but you know, how long do you hang on to those older wide receivers? So this adds another kind of element for me that just makes it a little bit more fun to really give me something to talk about in the offseason. There's more to talk about now. Oh, Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Great. What's next year look like? Drafts coming up. Um, combine. Like I, I can always tell you when those things are just because they're exciting for me to watch. Yeah, it does fill in that gap on the calendar. Uh, this is actually my favorite time of the fantasy year, like setting lineups, doing waivers during the year. That's not too much fun to me, um, but I love you know, this time of year, we're getting ready for the draft. As you mentioned, the combine's not too far away. So, you know, leagues are rolling over soon on MFL and other sites. So it's kind of that time where folks get back on the group chats, start talking trades, updating trade blocks, and kind of get those discussions going again. Definitely, yeah. Like I said, it's, there's really no off-season for Dynasty anymore. Uh, but like I said, we all kind of tend to go a little bit dormant through the NFL playoffs. I know I do. I just kind of take my time. Uh, now I'm kind of kicking into baseball mode while stuff still rolls over. Um, but the nice thing I find with the Dynasty community is there's literally something for everyone. No matter how what your, what your quirks are, what you like, what you don't like, you can probably find a league for you. Yeah, that's, that's what's really cool. I mean, when we first started doing this, um, first of all, I remember our buddy Steve was saying, wait, you play in a fantasy league with you know, 15 other people you don't even know online? <laughs> And so, yes, we do. And a lot of other people do this too. Um, but I was first worried that, you know, if you lose a couple owners, how do you replace them? And what we found is that there's tons of people out there and tons of people that will take over, you know, orphan teams. And we've worked in dispersal drafts and stuff to make it more, you know, fun for those owners. But it's cool to see that there's thousands of people out there playing this game. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there are the diehard of the diehards that will parse and retrade, go through, di- go through trade calculators that are grinding hours and upon hours of film of everybody. Um, they watch every snap of all 22 for all 32 teams all year. Um, that's not me. I, I don't have time for that. Um, and I, I don't think I have that much interest. I love fantasy sports, but, um, you know, that, and that's probably a conversation for another, another time is kind of how do you keep yourself interested as long as you do. But, you know, there are thousands of diehards and there's folks that are like, okay, hey, this is cool, but I'm, I'm going to throw 20 bucks on it to keep it interesting. And then there's those guys that are doing leagues for, you know, two, three, four, five thousand dollars buy-ins. Yeah, and we've talked about scaling back leagues because sometimes you can always take on, you know, in every new league and you get invited to so many that this seems like a really cool format that you end up with 20, 30 leagues and you're, you know, spread too thin, you're not enjoying each one as much. So it's definitely a balance. Uh, I think what's really cool is if you do have the time, there's so much great content out there. So I know DLF, Dynasty League Football, was one of the first sites we discovered when we started going from Keeper Leagues to Dynasty. Um, and now there's so many sites. There's probably at least 50 Dynasty podcasts. There's a ton coming up. Um, speaking of that, if there's any you know fantasy analysts out there you want to hear from, send them our way. Um, but it's really cool to see how there's you know so many people that are involved in this industry, producing content, um, and you kind of getting their names out there in a kind of a niche sports style. I mean, this is still not, you know, redraft fantasy or even DFS. This is a smaller niche. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a, a smaller segment, but the this is the community in general. Because we talked about, if you go look back to the previous interviews, interviews in season one and here and the few we've started already this season, like every one of those dudes doesn't have to give us the time of day. We're, we're two guys that – you know, have a small podcast that, you know, one, and you, we, you said 50, there's probably a hundred, 200 pod dynasty podcasts out there. Um, so, I mean, these guys are giving us time of day from, you know, guys that are, have some serious Twitter followers, guys that have, you know, five, 10, 20,000 Twitter followers. You know, I'm over here with 200 thinking I'm cool. 
uh, and, and you just get these guys that, you know, love to talk sports, love to come on. I know in our other pod, uh, Evolution Sports Pod, we had, you know, one of ESPN's fantasy NBA writers on. And, like, to get that guy to come on was like, oh, my God, like a dude from ESPN is going to give us the time of day. And he was just happy to come on and talk ball. So, like, that's really what I think is super cool. And not only to watch the community, but the community rallied around causes. Like, Scott Fishbowl. Um, Dave, you've been seven, eight, nine. I've done nine. Um, guys that aren't familiar with Scott Fishbowl, Scott Fish is a, is a hell of a dude. He raises money for, you know, Toys for Tots, raising money for kids. Um, and, and a lot of guys just do it naturally. It's, he doesn't come asking for money. It's just, hey, if you want to donate a portion of your pot or if you want to donate, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go buy toys. And he shows you the receipts so you don't think he's cheating you. But I want to say he raised over 20000 last year just to buy toys for kids for Christmas. So I also thought it was around 20000 It was 60000 Oh, way off. See, I'm that's glad you incredible. That yeah. just shows, I mean, the year before, I think it was around 20 or 30. So that's just, it's awesome to see the community come together. Um, the Scott Fishbowl is an annual event that brings together a ton of different analysts. Prizes are donated from a lot of the big fantasy sites. Um, but, you know, owners are, partic- are encouraged to donate. And we both have our Scott Fishbowl shirts. And it's really cool that the industry, you know, can give back this way. We've started to incorporate like a charity aspect to a lot of our leagues where, if you want to take part in certain rules, like entering the dispersal drafts, if you're still in the league, uh, you can do so. It just requires a donation to charity. This is one of the ones we have as our preferred charities. Yeah, I love it. Like I said, the Scott Fish Bowl, if you haven't had a chance to take a look at it, take a look at it. Um, this year was 1,200 teams. Um, he picks pretty different set of rules, so you can't just really load up and figure it out. Um, it's, it's a hell of a time and a great time. Um, but kind of moving to favorite formats, I, obviously I, I kind of hit on a bunch from, you know, keeper dynasty contract devies, Dave, what's kind of your favorite format at this point? That's a really tough question. I like to have a good variance. So as you mentioned, reality sports online, RSO, um, they're known for their contract leagues. Um, and what, what's really unique about them is it's a live auction environment. Um, so similar to the auctions that you might do on ESPN or Yahoo, uh, it works kind of like that, but you're also assigning contracts, and those contracts are being weighed by, um, you can say it's the agent or, you know, the auction itself. So it decides that a four-year deal might be worth more than this two-year deal based on the average annual values of each. Um, so there's a lot of strategy that goes into that. It's definitely very unique. You could do, you know, two different leagues with the same group of owners, and you get different results, which is fun. Um, so I definitely like that. And then I, I just think having a nice balance is good. So I like um, – the pigs leagues that Scott fish does, they have bankroll leagues that roll over, you know, to every different draft. So you can have you know, money for free agency. You can have money for a rookie draft for a Debbie draft. Um, it gives you that freedom to do that kind of stuff on your own. So those are two of my favorites, but then I know we're also in the kitchen sink leagues with Ryan McDowell. Those are fun because they have a Debbie aspect too. Yeah. For me, I think RSO is probably still my favorite right now. Um, like I said, We've got, just like you, I'm in a variety of leagues, not quite nearly as many from your traditional, just straight dynasty to we got both of us commission RSO league. And if you haven't been on reality sports online, really take a look. The whole salary cap and having to manage contract years and do I want to give so-and-so a four-year extension? Um, And like you said, whoever's playing with you, you can play in the same league with the same guys and have three different leagues and it's, it's wildly different across all of them. Uh, so there's a whole aspect to the contracts and the salary cap and trying to manage that. Um, that's a whole nother aspect that really makes you feel like an NFL GM. And there are guys that are out there that have 32 team, 
53-man route, like crazy leagues. So there's something there for everybody. The Debbie's been new to me. Uh, like I said, you and I kind of actually co- co-chair a team um, in – we're in Kitchen Cinco 5 with McDowell, so Kitchen Cinco. Um, but that's really kind of sparked my interest in Debbie. Um, I'm a high school football official, so now I get to see some dudes before they go off to college. Um, so here I get to get a chance to see some guys, um, which is always kind of exciting. So I'll come back to you and be like, hey, this dude's – I just watched tear up a couple teams. He's going to play – you know, at UNC Chapel Hill is a four-star. Keep his name written down for five years from now. So, for me, that's always – Debbie's been a nice little change, a nice little addition to the roster. Yeah, exactly. And I guess more of a basic level is that, you know, a lot of leagues have gone from the one QB format to super flex. So, we're talking even, you know, more advanced leagues than that where you're working in Debbie or you're working in contracts. But it's interesting to also see just like, um, I guess – redraft fantasy went from you know standard scoring to ppr that the dynasty community is going a lot from one qb to super flex and i think a good stat on that was scott fish and uh, ryan mcdowell did these safe leagues where um they're basically at commissioner service and you can you know join these leagues as startups or take over orphans and the demand for super flex orphans has been so much higher so that's kind of showing that the industry is pointing that direction more folks you know want to take that on and i guess it makes sense making the quarterbacks way more valuable do you prefer you know, Superflex now over 1QB? Um, I do. Even in deeper, say, 16-team leagues or something deeper like that, um, I think Superflex is kind of where to go. If not, there's not a whole lot of difference. I mean, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson score a ton of points, um, and they're really good. But I can get by with a Ryan Tannehill and plug somebody else that's a little better than I could get in the Mahomes spot and, and still make up the difference. Where in a Superflex – you know, having those two QBs, really almost a third QB because somebody's got to go and buy, just how you manage that plus injuries really makes a huge difference. So I think it's just another little aspect. Um, and another, I know another thing that's coming up is, you know, 1.5 point per reception, basically a tight end premium to kind of really boost up your tight end scoring. So that, like, it's nice to see that the fantasy community really rallies around of, hey, there's been a huge gap between guys who are valuable and just basically plug and plays or there's not a huge gap, I should say. I got that backwards between, you know, the top guy and a plug and play. So how do we make the top guys actually valuable and matter so you're not just picking some dude off off waivers and that's how you're winning everything? Right. And that leads to more league activity, more trades, and ultimately more fun. That's what kind of we're in this for. Um, we've all been in leagues that, you know, the chat's dormant. There's no trade offers. You're doing all the legwork yourself. When you're making all the players, you know, have, you know, standalone value in trades, it's definitely going to – make the league a lot more fun in the long-term increase activity. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's, it's for me, and this is kind of, as we get closer to here towards wrapping up just our Y dynasty episode. Uh, so it's really kind of what I look for in leagues is, is it going to be something that's different? Um, I don't need the same league twice. Oh, uh, you know, two different leagues on MFL that are really the same thing or two, two or so leagues, the same thing. So for me, I'm looking for, for variety. Um, I'm a new dad. I referee football you know, plus work, full-time job. So my time has really gotten valuable. Uh, so for me, it's what can I do to find leagues that are different, interesting, and preferably active. I like guys that are talking trades, having talking a little smack, having a good chat. So that's really what I look for in leagues. Uh, like I said, it's got to be a little bit different. I'm going to do the same league three times just so I can say I'm in three different leagues. 
Yeah, I'd say mine's pretty similar to looking for those unique settings, that unique group of owners that you haven't played with yet and you want to test out your skills against and then also have that camaraderie of the group chats. Um, that kind of, that's going to kind of wrap us up here. Uh, this was just another one of those, hey, we're kind of hitting that dynasty reset. So we want to make sure that you guys got a little bit of good kind of strategy information to kind of where we're coming from and what we're looking at. Um, and just some good names in the community like we talked about with McDowell, Fish, um, and those other guys. So if you haven't checked out season one, make sure you check out season one. Uh, we're going to have some more great guests coming on to really talk some more strategy. Like I said, it's about to be draft season, which everybody loves. So that's going to be kind of where we're going to get some of our guests to kind of talk some more strategy with you. Again, we appreciate you guys. Uh, you can find me at Drew Ferraro 88 on Twitter. Dave, where can they find you? D Sanders 877. We appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, make sure to check out season one. You can find us. Like I said, you found us where you found us and we're all the rest of the episodes are up too. Make sure you like, rate, just subscribe, and uh, we look forward to catching you guys on the next pod. Game over.